Hello. Hi. Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're talking about intensity. Kind of been taking these opportunities to dig deep into the kernel of the CrossFit methodology of mm-hmm. what is this thing? Why do we train the way we do? What separates CrossFit from all of the other things out there? There's you've a been, few magical you, elements. Yeah, you've been putting up some little whiteboard nuggets as mm-hmm. you've been calling them lately. So we're gonna dive into that a little bit further. Yeah, and you know, it's my professional investment of time to understand the stuff and teach it to other people, and I try to bring that back to our community as well. And it's things that. We sort of hear about loosely or whatever, but you get caught up in the grind of the day-to-day and do the walk and get in, get out, and you forget to go, wait, why? Yeah. Why, why do we do this? Why is CrossFit the way it is, you know? Yeah. How would you recognize what's a valuable way to spend your time doing fitness and what isn't? Mm-hmm. Thing? I think the most important question is like, why do we even care about intensity? <laughs> why do we you care? What, why, why is it so important? It's the definition of CrossFit. It's constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity. Mm. Like, Why? Why is it executed at high intensity? What does it matter? So intensity is super important because it basically drives the results. Mm -hmm. If you come in and you just kind of like casually do a workout, you're really not going to get nearly as much benefit as if you come in and hit it. So intensity basically equals results. Yeah. The mouthful from the level one manual is intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with increasing the rate of return of favorable adaptation. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. What does all that mean? It's the independent variable. It's the thing most commonly associated with increasing the rate of return, i.e. getting you more of what you want faster of favorable adaptations. And that's anything you want. Why are you exercising? You want better mental health. You want better bone density. You want lower body fat. You want more lean muscle mass. You want a bigger deadlift. You want a faster 5k time. Does not matter. Intensity is the independent variable that gets you there faster. And I think even outside of exercise, any activity or skill or anything you want to do requires intensity, right? It's a different type of intensity, but if you want to get better at piano, you can't just run your fingers across the keys and be like, well, I did piano today. You have to focus and practice and concentrate and do it until you, you know, perfect what you're trying to work on Mm -hmm. or if you're reading and you want to retain any kind of information you can't just like skim the pages you have to focus in and prioritize like actually paying attention to what's going on so Mm -hmm. it's not even just an exercise thing like whatever whatever you're doing requires some level of like focus Mm -hmm. okay so intensity drives results it's the thing it's going to get you whatever it is you want from the effort of you showing up at the gym and doing this crossfit thing Intensity is what's going to get you there. But we better define what that is. CrossFit's real big on defining our terms. And we like measurable definitions of things. So intensity is not, oh, I was really out of breath. Or, oh, my heart rate was really high on my heart rate monitor. Or, oh, wow, I was so sweaty. Look at my sweat angel. Oh, I ripped my hands. It's none of those things. Yeah, like I can be sitting on the couch and run upstairs really quick to grab something (laughs) and come back and like, oh, my heart rate's elevated. I'm not working at intensity there just because it was like a challenging thing I did really quick doesn't make it intense. Yeah, or think of like things that require no physical effort at all, like you're driving a car and all of a sudden on the highway, like a deer jumps out in front of you and and all of a sudden your heart rate's really high. You're not like, boy, am I getting fit right now? You know, like- (laughs) you're just scared. So those things, sweating and grunting and ripping your hands and, you know, having a high heart rate, those things can happen when Mm -hmm. you work at intensity, but those things are not intensity in and of itself. And simply understanding that is a huge way of differentiating so much nonsense in the fitness industry from the real deal, you know, because so many people, 
supposed experts in the fitness industry conflate those things, heart rate and VO2 max and sweating and how hard it felt and how out of breath you are and all that kind of stuff. Those things are not intensity. Yeah. Intensity is power. Right. Intensity is your ability to generate power. Why does that matter? Power is measurable. It's a very simple equation. Force times distance divided by time is average power. Yeah. The force is how much does it weigh? The distance is how far did you move it? So how far did you travel or the distance traveled up your number of reps that you've done? And then how long did it take? Very, very, very simple. Intensity is power. We write it on the whiteboard as three bar equal sign, directly equal to power. Those two terms could be used interchangeably. So sometimes you're generating a lot of power when you're out of breath. Sometimes you're generating a lot of power when your heart rate is high, et cetera. But those things in and of themselves are not, does not mean that you're generating a lot of power. And so with three simple tools, a scale, a measuring tape, and a stopwatch, you can determine exactly how much power you're able to generate. So it's measurable. So we don't have to have any more ideological arguments about what's high intensity and what isn't. We just measure it. Yeah. And the more intense thing is the thing that's generating more power at the end. (laughs) I noticed something on Beyond the Whiteboard the other day because they're fellow nerds when it comes to like fitness and data. You can go into the settings and you can measure your range of motion. Like when you, when you do like how much your hips drop, when you do a squat and how much you press overhead, so you can like actually specify the measurement, mm-hmm. which gives you a better indicator of what your power output is on all of these workouts. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's taking it to another level for yeah. sure. I think that's super cool. Yeah. And then, so theoretically anything we do could be measured. It doesn't mean you have to, no. but it's neat yeah. if you could. And then you could really see like, this workout was more intense because it generated more average power. This workout was less intense because it generated less. Yeah. So we're trying to work at a high amount of power, high amount of intensity. Use those two words interchangeably. This is measurable. But then we also, when we say high intensity, intensity, that's a relative term. Right. High relative to what? A high absolute amount of power or is it relative to the individual? My, what's a high amount of power for me to generate is not the same amount as a high amount of power for you to generate. It's going to be different person to person. So then intensity is relative, relative to the individual. Yeah. And when you're first starting this whole fitness journey, the main thing you need to be considerate of is your mental tolerance, Mm -hmm. because that's the the first thing that's going to stop you in your tracks. Mm -hmm. Your brain is a powerful thing (laughs) and you'll get doing your set of burpees or your wobbles or whatever. And your brain will be like, we should probably stop. <laughs> yeah. I think we're good. Three, three was enough. Let's stop at three. And when you're brand new, you're way more likely to, to listen to your met, your head, right? But then the, the further into it they get, the more you can like kind of power through those intrusive thoughts and be like, no, I can keep going. I can mm-hmm. keep going. I can keep going. But when you first start out, the biggest thing we're going to have to consider is what's your mental tolerance to intensity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intensity, intensity relative to the individual is relative to your mental and your physical tolerance. And one of those things will be higher than the other, yeah. <laughs> depending on the person. Some people are just really super tough. Sure. And, but just not that, they don't have a lot of work capacity. They're just not that fit, but man, they can grind. And then other people are, have a lot of capacity, but they're mentally, this sounds mean, but weak. <laughs> <laughs> they're just mentally kind of weak. Quitter. <laughs> Quitter. So the, your mental tolerance for discomfort essentially is going to be a big factor in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There are some movements that require no skill they really just come down to like how uncomfortable are you willing to be biking rowing running burpees like that kind of stuff in the beginning there's not a lot of technique for you to learn it's just how uncomfortable are you willing to be yeah so when we're starting a new member we'll tell them like 
for the first little while, five out of 10 intensity is where you want to be on these higher skill, more technical movements. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to go too heavy or too fast. You just want to focus on moving well. Mm -hmm. But then all the more basic ones, like that's where you're going to get your intensity. So when we're doing burpees or when we're doing bike sprints or whatever, like you don't have to hold back because you're learning the technique of an echo bike. You just need to like go really hard and that's where you get that, that stimulus. And we'll find athletes that maybe are new to CrossFit, but came from some other kind of competitive background, hockey players or football players or something where they're used to training hard. They're okay with the feeling of discomfort of being out of breath and feeling that lactic acid burning in your legs and your lungs taste like old pennies and that kind of stuff. And they're, they're okay with tasting intensity a little bit. And then other people where they have never touched that line, feel that same thing, but also feel an emotional state around right. it, which is sort of anxiety and panic. Yeah. <laughs> they get a little bit white in the face yeah, and big like, deer in the headlights eyes. Am I dying? Am yeah. I going to be okay? What is this? You know, and you're like, it takes some tolerance, some conditioning to that feeling to not have an emotional reaction to it. Right. So that you can just be uncomfortable and you're at peace with it essentially. So then you can build up that mental game around it by exposing yourself to other things that are also just really difficult and uncomfortable. So things like cold plunge, Mm -hmm. sauna, fasting, maybe like really difficult backwoods hike, like multi-day things. You just, things where you make yourself uncomfortable, but you learn to be at peace with it in your head. It's sort of like a meditative state while working at high intensity. Yeah. I think the the important thing to remember is that it's going to feel hard. And that's the point. That's right? the point. Yeah. But you just need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You need to get to the point where you're just accepting in the fact that it's supposed to be hard and I'm, I'm not going to die. And if I do, I'll leave behind a better looking corpse. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, you just need to get comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. One of my early on in the CrossFit days, mental breakthroughs for me, because I had no background in competitive athletics or anything whatsoever. All of this was very new to me. I remember always having this feeling like I'd be on a rower and I'd be like, I better hold back. I think I'm going to puke. And then one day I just said to myself, I was like, fucking do it then do it. If you're going to tell yourself you better stop because you're going to puke, find the line, find how hard you'd actually have to go. Like today you're going to make yourself throw up. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. (laughs) It was like where my brain was telling me to stop and slow down was nowhere near my actual physical capacity limit. And so then just, I called my own bluff essentially and that was a big breakthrough for me where then in the future, when I would get that feeling of like, oh, like I think I'm going to barf, I'd be like, nah, you're not. Keep going. You're yeah, fine. For sure. Nothing bad happened. You know? And there's certainly some movements that your brain plays tricks on you way more than others, right? Mm-hmm. Like burpees and wobbles, especially seem to be one of those ones where your brain is just screaming at you to stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And it's so easy to drop that ball as it's coming down at you. And it's so easy to lay on the floor and just stop for a minute. But if you can just turn off those noises and just keep going, you'll be fine. Very rarely do people ever fail a wall ball to the point where they like literally cannot do a wall ball, you know? That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you'll miss a target, like you won't hit the target or whatever, but like it's not that the ball knocks you off your feet and you're laying on the floor with the ball on top of you. Or like burpees, like nobody ever fails a burpee. You're not going to fail a burpee. You just like, you just stop doing them. It's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think because people win those little battles in the gym, then it kind of goes the other way too. So you can do things outside the gym that make you tougher at the challenges in the gym. But then the other way around people start CrossFit and they're like, Hey, I can do hard things. And Hey, like I could overcome when I thought I needed to stop and I didn't need to stop. And they surprise themselves with what they're capable of. And then it starts to bleed into their life outside of the gym. And they're like, Hey, maybe I could go back to school. 
Maybe I could renovate my house. Maybe I could clean up my yard. Maybe I could try harder at work. Maybe I could start this side project. Maybe I could run my own business. People just realize they're capable of more than they thought and they can do hard things. And yeah. you know, there's some little life lessons that develop just from exposing yourself to difficult challenges in yeah, the gym. Too. Right. I remember I've, I've told this story before, but I remember seeing an interview with Josh Bridges, who was like a smaller CrossFit athlete back in the day, mm -hmm. but he was just notorious for his engine, his ability to just like power through and keep moving. Mm -hmm. And he... He said, it was like, let's say you're going to do a set. You have 30 overhead squats ahead of you and you know, it's a heavy weight for you. You're like, there's no way I can do 30 in a row, but he'll be like, okay, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to lift up the bar and I'm going to start with five. I'm going to just see how I feel after five. Mm -hmm. And then he'll get to five and be like, okay, that's fine. Anybody can do five. No big deal. I'll do another five. And so he does another five. And he's like, well, that wasn't too bad. I'm still feeling good. I'll go for five more. And then he has five. Okay. And then he finishes 15. He's like, well, now you're halfway there. He's like, let's just see if we can get to 18. And then he'll do three more. And then he's like, well, okay, just one more, just one more. And he'll keep mentally like pushing himself mm -hmm. until the next thing you know, you're done. You're 30. Yeah. Obviously most humans aren't at Josh Bridges level, <laughs> but sometimes I'll be in the middle of a set and I'll in my head ahead of time be like, okay, I'm going to do 15 and then I'll take a break. And you get to 15 and you're like, okay, just three more. And then it's that little teeny push where it's like you had already given yourself 15, but if you can just mentally push a little bit further, then it's like a little bit of a reward, right? Where it's like, I did more than I was hoping for. And that's, that's a better way to get than being like, well, I'm going to see if I can go unbroken. And then of course you probably can't and you get discouraged because you only got halfway or whatever. Right. So yeah. I think it's those little, those little mental goals, those little mental battles that really help you get stronger when it comes to the, the mental component of intensity. Yeah. And I think there's lots of little challenges you can give yourself all the time in any given workout. That's what keeps CrossFit interesting day to day. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not really like I've been doing CrossFit for 15 years. The PRs and things are like mm -hmm. few and far between, but there's always little challenges. So I'm like queen of the single, single pull up, single chest to bar, single toes to bar. The last couple of years I've been like every set I open with a max set. Right. And I just hold on for as many as I can. And then I can go to singles after that. And so then I'm like, oh, hey, it turns out I can actually do 15 chest of bars unbroken. It turns out I can actually do 26 toes to bar unbroken. And yeah. so then it just gives me that what's a, what's a big set in my head. It's sort of moved that goalpost further away. So then I'm like, well, I don't need to do ones. I can probably stick with threes. Yeah. Or I don't need to get any less than six at a time now when I hop up and it's, I could have just stayed the same and kept doing singles forever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> I never would have gotten any better, but it's like fun little challenges in right. there. You're like, oh, Hey. I didn't if, know I could do that many toast bar in a row. That's cool. And if you are the type of person that really likes to PR, a really good way to trick yourself into like PRing stuff is when you use Beyond the Whiteboard, they they just everything gets tracked, right? So if you're doing 10, 8, 6, 4, whatever of a certain movement and you log it, it'll be like, Congratulations on your eight rep PR <laughs> of a devil's press. And you're like, what? what? I didn't even know that was a thing. But it's like any day of the week you can get a PR just because it's something you haven't established yet. Yeah. So you can kind of like sneak your way into like actually mentally feeling like you've done something you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's like, it's not about the PRs, the lifetime, whatever, especially you get older. It's like, just what was your individual challenge that you did for yourself today that like mm -hmm. you strive to get better at this one area. You yeah. Know? That can be anything. And so that comes from your mental game, right? Of how you're choosing to mentally invest in what you're doing that given day. But then I think that kind of bridges us into it's causing physical adaptations. Like you're getting physically stronger and physically more capacity, yeah. more stamina when you do that. So then the other half of what intensity is relative to is your physical tolerance. There are physical limitations to how many red blood cells you have and how strong your connective tissue is and how hard your muscle cells can contract. There's yeah. like physical limitations to those things. Yeah. You can't just be like, 
I squatted 225 last week. This week, I'm going to go for 400. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, you need to be smart. <laughs> you need to be realistic. Yeah. But this is this is how you earn it is by by challenging yourself mentally and doing things that you haven't done before to like push those those levels. So intensity is earned through mechanics and consistency. This is CrossFit's charter for safety. And this has been in the kernel of the methodology since the very beginning. Every single person that's ever taken a level one has heard that same thing. Mechanics, consistency, then intensity. And like we said, there's some things that require basically no mechanics, like a, a echo bike, and you just go to town as much as you feel like you can tolerate right at the beginning. But then there's other things that are way more technical and have are going to require a huge investment in learning the good mechanics and then applying those good mechanics well from a PVC to the one rep max. And then consistency kind of has two meanings. So not just consistency of your reps, but of showing up in the gym mm-hmm. too. Like your physical tolerance to handle CrossFit declines the less often you show up. If yeah. you haven't been at the gym for two months, you can't show up and do Murph. Yeah. Even if you have great pull-ups and impeccable push-ups, you just don't have the physical tolerance because you haven't been doing it consistently enough. You'll fuck yourself up if yeah. you try to do that. And I think it's tough with certain high skill movements because, you know, we try to snatch like once a week for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, but because everything's constantly varied, it's not like a program where you know for sure Wednesdays we're going to snatch. So mm-hmm. it might, you might go three or four weeks without doing a snatch based on the days you were able to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, which means when you do snatch, that doesn't mean you just go for a new PR on that day, right? You, you need to rebuild that consistency, make sure the mechanics are dialed in and treat it more of like a training day than a, I'm going to push the intensity kind of day. Mm-hmm. I think though that a CrossFitter runs headlong towards increasing intensity. Yeah. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean show up and go as heavy and fast as possible every single day. That's a huge misunderstanding. I think that people... That's their interpretation when they see CrossFit happening. And they're like, oh my God, all these people do is just go really heavy, really fast. You know, and you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. If you're actually running headlong towards intensity, you're doing all these little steps along the way. What do you need to do a snatch with good mechanics? Well, you need to practice the technique, but you also need to work on your mobility. Mm -hmm. You also, you know, need to maybe have some accessory movements in there. Maybe you need your triceps to be a little bit stronger to receive the snatch locked out in a stable position. So there's like all these little pieces. So maybe if you haven't done a snatch in a week or two, that doesn't mean you haven't worked on improving what you need to be better at to, to snatch, right? You've presumably hopefully been stretching your hips and working on your wrist stability, doing all kinds of other things and yeah. working on your speed because you did cleans and med ball cleans and high box jumps. And, yeah. you know, there's all these other things that go into, it's not just, oh, I haven't snatched in a few weeks, therefore I'm not getting better at snatches. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. And there's so much about these movements that like help each other, right? Like if you're working, if we're doing box jumps and you're, you're using hip extension, right? And that's going to transfer to your, your snatches. If we're doing dumbbell snatches and you're like, pressing out every single one (laughs) that's not working towards a a stronger snatch you want to be like snapping it up and catching with a straight arm Mm -hmm. every time we jerk every time we push press those are all transferable movement patterns that will help your snatch Mm -hmm. that's why you can like not test something for a while and then come back to it and be like oh geez my front squat got stronger even though i haven't really been doing it a lot lately and yeah you overall you're just getting fitter because you're working on these movements and you're your, the, the transferability is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't do that movement specifically, but you worked on seven other aspects that make that movement better, yeah. that make it stronger, faster, 
more stable or whatever it needed to be. I think so when we talk about generating power and we're trying to generate high amounts of power, we're talking about different time frames too, right? We said it's like work over time. How much time? Well, sometimes we want to be able to generate maximum power 10 seconds or less. That's one energy pathway. That's all your one rep max lifts. Yeah. Clean and jerk, deadlift, back squat, 10 seconds or less, moves very large load, pretty long distance and and pretty quickly in a few seconds or less. Very, very, very high power. But you can't lift your one rep max more than once. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or if you did, you'd have to take long breaks, right? You have to recharge that energy pathway. So that's like high intensity interval training centers around that, like really maximum power output for short periods of time and then long rest periods to recharge. So you can do that with bike sprints. You can do that with five rep max back squats, five by five back squats, right? It's the same thing. You can do medium intensity power stuff, minute, two minutes, right? That's like, we did a bunch of row sprints yesterday and that's essentially what we were tricking people into doing. Yeah. <laughs> These like glycolytic pathway. And as soon as the pace dropped off, get off and rest and then let the next, the other person go on. And we did these like super fun trading interval things. That's also like your grace and your Fran and your high intensity things in that short duration, one to two, maybe three minute kind of stuff. Right. But then we also want to be able to sustain a high amount of power for 15 or 20 minutes or an hour. And that's a whole other thing. So where does CrossFit, a CrossFitter want to be able to generate power everywhere? Yeah. Like for how long? All of them, every time domain that you can think of. There's, generally recognizes three energy pathways, phosphagen, the 10 second glycolytic is a minute to two minutes. And then aerobic is everything else. Well, like it doesn't even matter. You could, they could exercise physiologists could be like, Hey, we discovered a fourth and a fifth and a sixth energy pathway. And we're like, cool. We want to be good there too. Yeah. <laughs> like we just want to be good in all of them. Yeah. If you spend too much time training in the aerobic pathway, like long, slow distance stuff, it really kills your ability to generate high amounts of power in the short duration. Yeah. If you spend all your time generating high amounts of power in the short duration, guess what? Your 5K, 10K, and half marathon times probably suck real bad. So we're not interested in favoring either end. We want all of it. Yeah. So if well, we made it a curve, we want all area under the curve. So if you if you want a well-balanced program, you, you need to make sure that you're lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you're doing like sprint intervals or like full sprint, super short workouts. Mm-hmm. And then you need to make sure you're doing different durations of the longer stuff, any yeah. five to... 50 minutes or whatever. So th- there needs to be balance. So if you go into a gym and all they ever do is 30 minute AMRAPs, it's yep. like, well, mm-hmm. this is you're not only good... training one thing, Yeah, you know, even if it's different movements, you're still just training one time domain and, and one energy pathway. So mm-hmm. there needs to be balance. And so there's, you can draw them as three little curves, really high, medium, and then long and sustainable. We spend most of our time with CrossFit in the glycolytic pathway in the middle, short little sprinty efforts. Even when we're doing something longer that's 12 or 15 or 20 minutes, there's these little like bursts of energy and then rest. And then that's when you're like grabbing your water bottle or chalk in your hands or whatever. Yeah. You're like recharging the glycolytic pathway. And that's the most valuable one because it has one foot in both. It has a foot in, in this phosphagen super high power. And it also has a, a foot in the aerobic stuff, you know, using oxygen to make energy kind yeah. of thing. So that's why we live there. You also would get not very much fitness out of doing a program. This kind of old school stuff where I, Back squat, deadlift, bench press, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I go for my long runs, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You're like, nope, that's not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I give you a 15-minute AMRAP of deadlifts and 400-meter runs. And you look like a fool that's never worked out a day in your life, right? Because mm-hmm. you just don't have a good ability to generate power in short durations or in combination. Yeah. You know? So if you're just, if all you're interested in is what's the heaviest thing I can lift, then for sure you just live in the world of that first time to that first energy pathway because mm-hmm. you don't care about anything else. And yeah. if you want to be 
an ultra marathon runner and that's it, that's the only thing you ever want to worry about, then yeah, you spend most of your time in the endurance pathway, Mm -hmm. but that's not what CrossFit is. We're that's not all of fitness. That's not fitness. That's not, not not what we're about. We want it to be that you're good at everything. Mm -hmm. You can handle yourself in a long distance run. You can handle yourself with a a one rep max and you can handle yourself in everything in between. Mm -hmm. So fitness is your ability to, do all the things. Yeah. Your ability to do tasks. Yeah. Technical definition is work capacity across broad time and modal domains in all different time domains and doing all kinds of different things. Cause you can even take an athlete that's a very, very good long distance swimmer. So they've, they're good in the aerobic pathway, but what if we made them run an ultra marathon? They probably wouldn't be very good at it cause they're, they're specialized into even one type of modality in the aerobic pathway, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily make you good across all the things. So fitness, and this is since Greg defined fitness 20 or 25 years ago, no one anywhere in exercise science has come up with even a plausible alternative definition, let alone anything else that anybody agrees on. Fitness is work capacity across broad time and modal domains. It's your ability to generate power across all different time domains and all different types of activities. Yeah. The end. And we said earlier, power and intensity are interchangeable Same words. Thing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's basically your your ability to apply intensity across anything yeah. you can think of. Short, medium, long. All the stuff that we do in our gym is based around like applying intensity, mm-hmm. right? So the way we operate, even like group classes, we're exclusively group training classes. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because when people come in and work out with other people, they train way harder than <laughs> if they were on their own. And every single one of our members that has a garage gym, will it openly admit, like, oh yeah, if this was me by myself in my garage, I wouldn't try it nearly as hard or mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, you know, pushed up that much weight or whatever. So we They're, leverage the social aspect of the yeah. human brain to get people to work at higher intensity. There is something about that, you know, team mentality where we're all in this together. I'm not going to let these guys down. I'm not going to let myself down. You just yeah. push harder and it's, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's also why you do the programming the way you do. Yeah. Right. So if we're like, okay, we want work capacity across broad time and modal domains. We want an ability to generate high amounts of power all over the place. Well, then there's certain characteristics that if you looked at a CrossFit program on the whole, and if you're like, is this a good one or a not as good one Mm -hmm. characteristics of good CrossFit programming, ultimately it all boils down to they promote working at intensity. Yeah. So characteristics of workouts that promote working at intensity. They tend to be 15 minutes or less. Anything that goes way longer, intensity starts to decline. Doesn't mean we don't do the long stuff once in a while, but you certainly don't see that as the bulk of the CrossFit workouts that we do. And even if we are doing a longer one, it's often a work and rest, work and rest with a partner or whatever, so that you can still get intensity within that longer duration. Yeah. They tend to be task-oriented, as in for-time workouts, as opposed to AMRAPs. Not to say we don't do AMRAPs, but just in general, people tend to race to finish, like to kill the clock more so than just kind of ride it out to the yeah. time cap. That sense of urgency that you get when you know this is your last round and you get to be done when you're when you're finished. Mm-hmm. So like you kind of give her hell on that last push. Yeah. We, the movements that go into the workout of the day, they're compound movements, f- functional movements. Yeah. They move large loads, long distances quickly, multi-joint, multi-muscles because... They move large loads long distance quickly. Hey, that's the formula for power. Yeah, weird. (laughs) Hey, functional movements are unique in their ability to generate power. So then that's how we decide what goes into the workout of the day and what is better suited, either not at all or somewhere else, right? It's why you don't see 75 tricep extensions for time in the workout of the day because it doesn't generate a lot of power. Yeah. We'll try to pair up complementary movements, Mm -hmm. right? So instead of being nothing but push, 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 
we go push, pull, push, pull, or push, squat, pull, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you're squatting, you get to rest your push so that when it's time Mm -hmm. to push again, you feel a little bit more recharged. Then every once in a while, we'll throw in some stuff where there's a ton of interference within the same movement pattern. But for the most part, they're complementary. Yep. And then they tend to be couplets and triplets. So like you said, working in like opposing muscle groups or function muscle functions allows you to work at intensity if you're just going back and forth going back and forth between two or maybe three things seems to be the ideal. We live our life in couplets and triplets. We visit the rest. Yeah. seems to be the thing. Not to say we don't do a big long chipper once in a while or we don't do different things, but if you're looking at a CrossFit program, you should see the majority of the workouts meet those criteria. They should majority be 15 minutes or less. Majority task-oriented. Using compound movements, using complementary movements in couplets and triplets. And if you're looking at a CrossFit program and you're like, every one of these fucking workouts is 45 minutes long. You're like, and this 10 is, different movements. This is not a good CrossFit program. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all these guys ever do is seven by one clean and jerk. You're like, this is not a good CrossFit <laughs> program. Yeah. You're like, all these guys ever do is burpees and nobody's, you know, moving a barbell a long distance. This is not a good CrossFit program. <laughs> you know, So you can start to see. It, and all of that stuff boils down to, does this program promote working at intensity? Does it promote a high power output? Yeah. The other one that we just finished talking about with our last podcast is rest days. Yeah. So you can't go hard as fuck every single day. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You need to give yourself rest days so that you can recharge and rebuild and refuel mm-hmm. and feel good going into the next session so that you can apply intensity. Mm-hmm. But just like we talked about with our how to get injured podcast if you train at intensity every single day eventually you're gonna hurt yourself yeah there's just no ifs ands or buts about it yeah and when you're hurt guess how much you can train at intensity yeah. your intensity drops to zero so obviously you take rest days to prevent injury you know in the long term repair recover grow all that stuff but instead of training seven days in a row you're better off taking the rest day in the middle three days on one day off three days on so that you can come back on the fifth day and work at intensity. Yeah. If you just work in a declining, sucking <laughs> descent for seven days in a row until yeah. you're just beat up and now you're just barely going through the motions, you're like, take a rest day so that you can come back the next day and work at a high intensity again. And then the other thing with that is volume as well. Mm-hmm. If you are following a program where there is three or four or five things that you need to do in that day, you're not going to be able to apply intensity to all of those things. Mm-hmm. And generally what will tend to happen is somebody will be like, well, I'm going to go a little bit easier on this first part because I don't want to wreck myself for the second part. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to not max out on that second one because I still want to do that third one. And then the third one, I'm also just going to kind of like lighten it up and go a little mm-hmm. bit slower so that I can finish and not feel like too banged up. And then it's like, congratulations, you've applied intensity to none of the things. Nothing today. Yeah. So instead of having any intensity, you just have a whole bunch of volume. Yeah. Huge problem out there in the world of CrossFit and some of these outside programs that come from competitive athletes that do not understand the needs of a normal person at a gym. And they're doing constantly varied functional movement executed at high volume. Yeah. And you're like, but shit, we said intensity was the independent variable. Like it's the thing that drives results. And it's the primary thing that goes away when you do too much volume is you just can't work at intensity. And so you're like, and then people go, oh, I tried CrossFit. I got burnt out. You're like, did you do CrossFit or did you do some other high volume nonsense that wasn't? actually <laughs> CrossFit. Did so, you ever work at high intensity? Did you ever practice movements and work on your skill and, you know, so that you could do those things at higher? Oh no, we just did tons of reps and just always tried to add more weight. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're a CrossFit Games athlete, your entire full-time job is dedicated to working out and recovering from it. So mm-hmm. guys like Froning, like, yeah, they'll work out like four or five times a day or whatever. 
but in between they're not going off to their job and whatever they're they're recovering they're yeah. they're taking they're napping they're eating well they're doing their mobility stuff they're like taking care of their body so that they're set up and ready for their next session but if you try to take that same amount of work that they spread out over an entire day and cram it into a one hour session and then go to work all day after that <laughs> and then take care of your kids all night after that is like what where yeah. how do you plan on ever being able to do that for long term you know like that's just that is not the path to long a longevity approach yeah you are just like setting yourself up for failure yeah and i think i think the crossfit games is cool yeah love it i think it's a, a neat sport i'm a fan i'm happy to have the opportunity to work for the crossfit games all that stuff but what happens at the crossfit games is entirely irrelevant to crossfit yeah. <laughs> to the world and the methodology of what crossfit is and who it's for and what happens in a day-to-day -day gym so I think if there's just maybe like a mistake is that people think that that is this, mm -hmm. you know, that out there, those 40 fittest people in the world is entirely irrelevant to what's happening in 13,000 CrossFit gyms around the world. Other than it's a cool thing we can watch, Yeah, but it's how they eat, how they train, the volume, what their training programs look like, completely irrelevant, totally. nothing to do with the rest of us. Yeah. So it's less about volume. It's more about intensity. Yeah. And intensity comes in many forms. You have your short duration intensity, mm -hmm. medium duration intensity, long duration intensity, mm -hmm. but all of those things require intensity. So just because something feels really hard and it's long and sweaty and grinding, that doesn't necessarily mean it was an intense workout, mm -hmm. right? So it's good to do those long ones once in a while. Zone two cardio has a ton of benefit, but you need to do more than just zone two cardio. You need mm -hmm. to have intensity in your training. Yeah. You need to lift heavy. You need to sprint. You need to do all the other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I'm just going to say it, it's Peter Atia's fault that this zone two thing that everybody's all hung up on right now, I don't think it's nearly as valuable as people are making it out to be other than if you regard it as general daily movement. Yeah. Yeah. You need to not sit a lot of the time and you need to go for lots of walks and move your body around and just generally be a human. But I think people are, I don't know if he's pushing it or people are misinterpreting that as now we're just back to doing one and two hour long, slow cardio bouts on a machine. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's supported by research. I think that just increases oxidative stress by all means. It seems to, you know, increase reactive oxygen species. It ages people faster. It reduces quality of tissue. It increases insulin resistance. Like I think if I'm not sure if that's him pushing that or if that's people just misinterpreting mm -hmm. that I'm a big fan of just moving around and walking lots, but that's not exercise. That's just being a human. Yeah. You know? I think so zone two cardio, just for in case you don't know, it's, it's like, you're at a, you're working at a pace that you could have a conversation if you had to, but you don't want to have a conversation. So we're talking like, you know, when people are just walk going for a walk, that's not even zone two cardio. That's just like movement, right? You're, you're fine. And honestly, if we're doing a 20 minute workout with running and wall balls and burpees and whatever, it's, yeah, that's hard. And but if, if somebody was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? You could quickly say, Oh, I'm going out for dinner and then carry on with your, like, you don't want to have a conversation right then, but you could answer somebody. Whereas if you're in the middle of Fran and somebody was like, hey, what are you doing after this? You'd be like, fuck, no. And you <laughs> wouldn't just, answer. <laughs> you wouldn't answer. You would just ignore them. So it's not that we never do those long, slow, kind of steady pace type things. They're mm -hmm. they're great once in a while. They're fun and people like them and that's that's awesome. But that's not the bread and butter. That's not the like important stuff. Mm-hmm. And the more of that that you do, the more it takes away from your ability to, to work at high intensity in what actually matters. Yeah. Zone two technically is the highest power output you can sustain while keeping blood lactate levels below two millimolar if you wanted to get real nerdy on it. It's the science version. 
Yeah. So it basically just means like you're not touching that glycolytic pathway at all. You're not generating any lactate, literally just staying aerobic. So for some people that is walking, for some people it's a brisk walk, for some people that's a ruck, for some people that's a jog Mm -hmm. and it depends and you can condition that. I just think that's a, a Peter Atia doesn't understand fitness. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite obvious. The more you listen to him talk is that he doesn't understand fitness and he's outside of his lane trying to prescribe it. But yeah, I think that's, that's where that whole fascination with zone two came from mm-hmm. yeah, way more benefit out of zone five <laughs> zone five but guess what zone five sucks it's really uncomfortable and you have to be a disciplined tough hard-working person yeah to be able to do it so we want intensity yeah across all the different things so we can't do it all the time mm-hmm. right so we're gonna prioritize recovery mm-hmm. we got to prioritize trying hard we got to make sure that when these different workouts come up, we're scaling in a way to get this intended stimulus, mm-hmm. right? It's not RX or death. It's what's, what am I trying to achieve here? And then mm-hmm. scaling that workout down in a way that allows for that. And then mentally just like getting after it. You, yeah. know? you have to pick some days of the week where you're like, today's the day. Mm-hmm. Today's the day I'm going to go to that dark place. and I'm going I'm to be miserable and I might cry a little, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be a baby. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then the other days of the week, when you are showing up at the gym, you're still running headlong towards intensity. But what that means is a different thing. You're yeah. like, I can't apply intensity to a snatch yet, but I'm going to work mentally invested in my technique with an empty barbell today or my speed, or I'm going to stay home and rest, but I'm going to stretch my hips today. Or I'm going to come to swell class and work on my shoulder stability and my accessory movements so that I can overhead squat better. And you know, all of these things where you're still working towards being able to do those things at intensity. And then, yeah, we've done the math. Sometimes if you can do a, if you could do a three minute Fran at 75 pounds, that's actually a higher power output than like a RX Fran in seven minutes. Mm -hmm. But then every once in a while you're like, you're never going to get better at doing 95 pound thrusters. If you just never do 95 pound thrusters, like at some point, someday, and the AMRAPs are the good days for that. You're like, I'm going to start to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to struggle bus. And the AMRAPs, because there's just a limited amount of time is the days you do that. Yeah. I'm going to struggle through toes to bar, even if it's one at a time. I'm going to do pull-ups without a band, even if it's slow. I'm going to do this power clean weight, even if I have to take longer breaks. I'm going to, you know, struggle with this 95 or 65 pound thruster today because I'm just going to do it. And as long as you can presumably not wreck yourself, you're not doing anything unsafe or totally ridiculous. It's just hard. Like sometimes you have to push the line and do the hard things. For sure. After the holiday season with our programming, that's when we start to get ready for the open. And Mm -hmm. so there's way more opportunities to just tough it out and and just see what it will be like in the open if that was to come up. And, you know, that's a lot more AMRAPs and just sort of like grinding through and getting used to the more difficult movements or Mm -hmm. things that are slightly out of your normal reach. So yeah, you got to do it once in a while. Yeah. So you're always working towards working at intensity, improving your mental game, improving your mechanics, training consistently, sometimes improving your physical capacity means trying harder and scaling to go faster. And then other times it means being deeply mentally invested in the skills you need to be able to move better and faster. So your mobility and your technique and your accessory movements and all that kind of stuff. And it's all pieces of the puzzle. Those are all steps on the path to running headlong towards intensity. You don't get to skip those things and just go, ah, I'm going to go really heavy, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you also no. don't get to just show up and take it easy every day. Yeah. You got to run towards intensity. And that's all this like delicate balance. Can't show up, take it easy. Can't never show up and go hard. Got to live somewhere in the middle in that nice Goldilocks zone where you're consistent, try hard, 
improve mechanics, improve technique. And then guess what? You get better. Then you're the fittest freaking version of yourself that ever lived. <laughs> you know, it's a formula that works 100% of the time. Yeah. I've never seen that formula not work on a person to create the most optimal version of your genetics of you. If you just run headlong towards intensity, but follow all the steps along the way. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Right. Intensity 101. Thanks guys. <laughs>